Hey, this is Anthony Barr of the Minnesota Vikings. You're listening to the Minnesota Vikings podcast. Anthony Barr is probably the smartest player yeah. I've ever coached. Okay. You know, he asks questions that you don't even think players think about. My last point is crucial. I got a bad feeling. Without a preseason, there's no Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen over the shoulder on a bomb from Kirk Cousins. He beat Shaquille Griffin. It's a 34-yard game. All right, everyone, welcome in. It's episode number five of the Minnesota Vikings podcast, and it's going to be a busy one. we got a couple of guests to get to. One is Lindsay Young, one of our staff writers. She's going to join us later on. We're going to break down preseason game number two. We have some fan voicemails we want to share with you. We're going to talk about Super Bowl odds that Chris Corso has compiled and, uh, and lots of other stuff. But first, we're going to bring in our guest for today, and it's Vikings linebackers coach Adam Zimmer. What's up, man? Hey, what's going on? Nothing. When's the last time you were at the ranch? Um, about a week before we came back. A week before you came back? All right, yeah. What, what'd you do? Fish? Yeah, did some fishing right, right around on, on quads. And mm-hmm. I think we, that was like around 4th of July, so we sent off some fireworks. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Right down there by the fire pit, right by, yeah. the, right by the pond, right? right. Bobby, Bobby knows his way around yeah. that yeah. place yeah. I hear. Oh, he's a regular. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I stay in Adam's room when I go. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, And I, I like to tease him about that, you know, because I know it pisses him off probably. Um, I've seen some pictures of you holding up some pretty big bass. Yeah. Now, not always from that pond, though. Some of those are from Dallas. Some of those are from the Texas house, but I caught a pretty good size one with, with a frog on the moss while I was there. So yeah. That was pretty cool. Okay, that's good. Where does that pond go? Because it's not, it's not a self-contained pond. I can see it, like, jets off, like, around the corner. No, I think it stops. It's, it all stops yeah. right there, yeah. so it's all right on the property. Okay. Yep. And so do they come in and stock it for you guys, or it, does it naturally stock it? It was so- stocked when he bought the land. Okay. So I, I don't think he's had it stocked since then. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'd stock it with a bunch of really big fish. Then I would know I'd catch them eventually. Well, that's the idea. Yeah, all right. That's <laughs> or just good. feed them make them bigger. Yeah, that's right. There you go. What's your uh, percentage shooting clays? Oh, I bet there. it's pretty high. It's got to be pretty high. Yeah, I'm usually pretty good. Are you yeah. in the 90s or no? I don't know. It's de- depends on the day sometimes yeah. Yeah. and which gun I'm using. Like, I yeah. shoot like a 25. <laughs> I'm terrible. Yeah. So right right now, we're two preseason games into this thing, and we've had a few weeks of camp. Are you mentally so far removed from life at the ranch that it's weird to talk about it right here? Or do you let yourself escape every now and then and think about Dallas or think about the ranch or whatever? Yeah, it's pretty much football all, yeah. all day now. So yeah. That's why I had to think so long to – yeah. When I was there last and what I did. <laughs> yeah. I mean it's it's like I don't know when when would when would you say a coach like yourself comes up for a breath of fresh air? Is it between the preseason and regular season at all? Because there's a few extra days there over Labor Day weekend. Yeah, usually we just jump right into game plan for yeah. that for that first opponent to try yeah. and get a jump start on them. So it, it's really not you know, Friday afternoon yeah. after the game plan's done yeah. and all that. So do you get into this third preseason game like everyone else does, or is it the same for you as all the the other three? Ever since I've been, you know, with with my dad, it's been pretty much we treat it like a preseason game. Yeah. We haven't really spent any extra time on it. You know, the guys might play a little bit more than they do, but it's not like we're going in there and we're game planning third down or game planning red zone. Yeah. It's, it's you know we're calling what we have in and we want to see who who stands out. Yeah, yeah. What do you think about your group? Got a pretty deep one this year. 
Yeah, uh, all of them I, I'm really impressed with. We're, we've done a nice job mentally, and uh, they, they all have some good qualities as football players that, you know, what we're looking for now and the type of linebackers we're, we're trying to bring in here. So uh, I, I like the group a lot. Okay. Barr and Kendricks, you're, you're not going to um... – I know you're not going to discredit them because they're your guys, but are they really smart, heady players? Uh, Anthony Barr is probably the smartest player yeah. I've ever coached. Okay, you know, up there with Jonathan Vilma and yep. you know those guys. So he 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 asks questions that you don't even think players think about. Okay, so he That's is awesome. he is extremely smart, and uh, you know Kendricks is the same way. He, he's really intelligent. You know. Uh, he 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 thinks really fast, so yeah. that's good for good a uh, good quality to have yeah. as a linebacker. Okay, so the reason I ask that is because they are the face of your position group, basically fair or not. I mean that they are. I mean, yeah. They're they're on the field every snap, pretty much. So when those two guys are that way, that helps you as a coach, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely, because yeah. you can talk to them about little details and see how they think. It should be played, or what their yeah. opinion is, and it's it's huge. It's 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 a, more of a conversation than more of me talking to them. Sure, talking with them. And I would hope that it trickles down then to the other players because it's like if you're a guy who wants to be an up and comer, if you're Cameron Smith or whatever, and your leaders in your room have that trait, I mean that would inspire you to also become that way. I would think. Yeah, and I, I think those guys, those younger guys, are starting to become more vocal. Like Eric Wilson's asking way more questions than he has, and they're it's it's good, intelligent questions. Yeah, and, uh, you know, and and Cam this last week started to open up a little bit more. So uh, I, I think having those guys in there encourages them to mm-hmm. hey, ask what needs to be asked, and, yeah. and 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 learn and try to be as good as those guys are yeah everyone talks about Barr and Kendricks but I know there's a third spot there that you really like and that's Ben Gideon can you tell the fans a little bit about what he's he brings to that group yeah a lot of the things Ben does is is unnoticed but not amongst the defense everybody knows how good a player Ben Gideon is he he flies around to the ball you know he covers running backs out of the backfield you know he was covering Dalvin on a wheel route the other day and it was incomplete you know it's it's not going to ever be flashy but it's going to be uh the right way to do it 100 percent physical all the time you know he he had my favorite play of the year two years ago against Cleveland where he played his a gap punched off the guard and then made a play on the sideline you know 20 yards away and for a no gain so it's just he does everything right he's not ever going to say much he's a quiet guy Mm -hmm. but uh he he's He's invaluable to me. Do you show a play like that to some of your younger guys all, all yeah, the time? I've, sh- I've showed it several times. <laughs> it's in the cut-up. I said, this is a teach tape how to play this coverage, this run fit against this play. Yeah. And, and that, that one's going to be in there for a while. Uh, yeah. yeah, I like that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, and, and Ben is, in, in base defense, Ben has been on the field, and I would imagine he will be. And that's important, and I would say the same thing about Shamar, Stefan, another name that people, you know, is not, it's not a household name. For, for us, even though we drafted him and developed him, he's just not a guy that registers with people. And I think Ben is that way too. But the reason that I mention them as being part of the base defense is if you want to be really fun and creative on third down, you know, with all the different looks that you guys can give teams, you can't do that on third and two. Right. You, you got to have them in third and eight. And to get them into third and eight, you got to have them in second and ten, right? And so you have to be good on first down is what I'm getting at. And typically you're in your base defense on first down. So those guys are important. Yeah, they're huge. You brought up Shamar. He's not unnoticed to the linebacker group because he is so good at playing blocks and playing – 
and keeping the lineman yeah. from getting to the second level that it allows Kendricks to do what he does. It allows Anthony to do what he does. You know, and he's he's not unnoticed. But it's him and Linville, those are those are the guys that help us go. Yeah, I remember when we were practicing against the Bengals in Cincinnati a few summers ago. Uh, one day after practice, George Edwards was working with Brian Robison on dropping into coverage because at that time that's something we were going to do maybe you know right. um so there's coach edwards teaching brian robison two guys who have been around for a long time at that stage and mm. teaching brian robison something new right right do you have any stories of doing that with like like i've seen anthony barr sometimes he'll work with andre patterson on like a pass rush move or whatever you know and i'm sure that hap- cross training happens on offense too mm-hmm. But maybe not even here in Minnesota, but I mean, have you ever had a, like a cool story where you've worked with another player at another position, like a really good player, a really good defensive end and dropping? or Weatherly really good... does it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, because <laughs> that, that's kind of different for you, too, to work with a guy that you don't normally work with, but you spend some time with him after practice, you know? Yeah, uh, a, a lot of times during training camp, we'll, the defensive line will come and work on drops with me, and I'll okay. send yeah. some of the linebackers over to the defensive line yep. so you know they can get used to drops and the communication of, of, of that stuff. B-Rob used to come up and ask me stuff about drops all the time yeah. um, and how we're playing this and, and that. So, you know, it, it happens. Uh, you know, the nickels come down and they work with the linebackers because they got to, at the end of the day, they're a linebacker and they've got to know how to pass zone coverages off, the okay. communication and everything, and the, and fits in the running game. So we'll, we'll work with the nickels and at the end of individual most days. And, you know, so it's it's – it's just working together to create that yeah that we need to get that's interesting you say you know a nickel is basically in in some respects a linebacker because you're talking about where they line up they're on the second level of the defense i guess right Right. i mean they they kind of are an extension of of the linebacking core in that role that's interesting yeah they're just they're just split out a little bit because that's the receivers out there yeah at the end of the day they got the will linebacker or the sam linebacker has to do the same thing the nickel does in a bunch of our coverages yeah it's just a matter of who who's out there to defend you know is it another tight end is another receiver what type of receiver is it who's in the slot um, yeah, it's interesting. And, and with the versatile personnel that we have, sometimes that can be J-Ron. Sometimes that can be Mac in right. that, you know, the, the big nickel being J-Ron at times, you know. Yeah. Um, I know you guys, this is this is a big matchup league. The NFL is a big matchup league, mm-hmm. you know, and matching up the, the personnel like that really matters. How often do you do the numbers game? With the with the fifty three man roster because like honestly I I obsess Bobby over was it. trying to get an answer out of you before we were yeah. started recording that I, is, honestly that's I, not on on our recording I I, I lay in bed <laughs> at night and do it in my head I'm like okay twenty six twenty four because I mean basically you're gonna have three specialists right I, I know everyone wants Corey Vedvik to you know hold punt and kick and kick off and do everything <laughs> but you're gonna have three specialists I would imagine long right. snapper kicker punter <clears throat> so that leaves fifty players and. So you think it's a 25-25 split, but sometimes it's 26-24, one way or the other, offense and defense. So I, I, I machinate on this in my head <laughs> every day. He's not going to tell you how many linebackers. I know that. Keep... I'm just trying to get him to stream his consciousness. I'm at 26 <laughs> for the defense and 24 for the offense, in case anyone cares. But what, what, what are you at? <laughs> I, I go by who, who plays the best. And yeah. We're not going to have a set number. We're going to have... Who's the most valuable for special teams? Mm-hmm. Who's the most valuable for backing up multiple positions? Can do do more. Uh, and I I, always, I tell the young guys who start counting numbers every day: don't count the numbers and don't think you're competing with that that linebacker. You're competing with the third Other wide position. receiver, yep. the sure. fourth tight end, the fifth yeah. defensive tackle. Yeah. Because those guys, you can only have 46 on game day. 
And the more they do, you can do on special teams is a better chance you're going to be active on game day. Yeah. One thing a lot of people forget about Little Zimmer here is that he has a Super Bowl ring. Yeah. And it was not a good memory for Vikings fans. 2009, he was on the Saints. Yeah. Obviously, I understand. Staff. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry to bring that up. Right. I was there. Um, what's like the craziest thing you've ever done with that Super Bowl ring? You wear it out or do something crazy, show it off a little bit. I used to wear it out a lot more than I, I do now. And my fingers are getting a little fat anyway, so it doesn't fit as good. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Uh, I would say maybe got a date one time. There you go. I was, wearing it, a ba- I was wearing it at a baseball game. and these girls, Obviously. Girls were base- sitting next to us. So. Okay. Okay. Adam is my uh, local baseball friend. Yeah. He's a big here. Texas Rangers guy, right? That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we definitely hit a few baseball games every every summer. Um Watch the Twins play. We're rooting for them, hopefully, to make a playoff run. So you, we'll yeah, you all must like Target Field. That's a good ballpark. It's a great ballpark, yeah. Yeah. Um, Yankee Stadium's obviously no he slouch. Yankee Stadium. He hit, I mean, you, yep. you try to check them all off the list. Would yep. we call them at the ballpark in Arlington still? Uh, it's Globe Life Park, but it's, okay. it's in its last few games. They're building a new retractable roof right next to they it. They are? It's opening next year. Wow. Yeah. I forgot about that if I knew that. I might have maybe – is it by the Cowboys Stadium? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. All three are okay. in the same area. Okay, that's right. Um, and I think you went somewhere this summer. Didn't you go to Seattle? I, I went to Seattle yeah. and San Diego this year. Those were the two I hit this year. Okay. Are we calling that Petco Park still? Yes. I can't keep yes, up with all these names. Petco, yeah. okay, I don't think Petco. Seattle's Safeco anymore. No, no it's it not. Was, uh, <laughs> T-Mobile or something. something. Like that. Yeah. Okay. Well, the White Sox is like guaranteed rate field. Right. I know I'm giving them a spot right uh, here, but yeah. I didn't like that. Uh, yeah. um, <laughs> U.S. Bank Stadium's got a little more like. It's flow. got a ring. Like, it doesn't yeah. hit me as like, oh, that's a sponsor. Like right. that. That's I'm cool with that name. Absolutely. Um, what's What's your favorite ballpark to go to though? Baseball ballpark. I'm taking oh. Minnesota out. I know you love Target Field. Okay, so that doesn't count. He's rooting yeah. for the local twins, so we're I know, good there. I know. Yeah. Well, we're going to get to that in a minute, though. i got a question for both of you. But what, <laughs> what's the coolest ballpark? Coolest ballpark would be, I don't know, just the histo- history of, of Fenway was yeah. cool. I did hit old Yankee Stadium, and that was really cool the year. they, they that It's last year. It's, it's usually the historic ones. Uh, Wrigley, yeah. mm-hmm. um, Dodger Stadium was, was cool. It was different, but it was cool. So. Yeah. Yeah, I like the older ones. All right, what's your favorite one? I love the older ones. I Dodger Stadium. When I went there a couple of years ago, that is, it's, it's, it feels like you're in like a valley. Like it's yeah. like you're yeah. in like there's one road to get in. The traffic sucks. Well, we call it Chavez Ravine, right? Yeah, that's right. what we call it. Yep. But once you get in there, it's I don't know, it's just something else. Okay. It's Enter and you get on the, the Dodger top, top deck and then go down if you have lower level seats. Okay, it's just all right, cool. You get the Dodger dog when you're yeah, there. Yeah. Did. All right, so um, your adopted teams are the Twins. Um, for both of you, sort of for you, Chris. Oh, this is tougher for Chris because his squad is in it to win right. it this year. Adam, yours is not. I'm sorry. Well, they just played the Rangers, and I was actually rooting for the Twins because okay. the Rangers are out of it. So, so you want to like, see the Twins get in? Yeah. Do you I, think they can? I think they've got as good a lineup as anybody in baseball. So yeah. I think they're really good. I'd love love for them to make it because that's the one sport I haven't been to a playoff game in. And yeah. if they play like a Friday night game, I'll right. probably try and see. Yeah, you could get there, there, right? Yeah. We get out of here like 1 or 2 o'clock, maybe right. make it down to the ballpark for a game, yeah, right? that would be cool. All right, cool. All right, anything else for Adam? I think that's about it. All we right, covered man. baseball. What mark we covered? Right. Well, you watch the game film. What's up next? You got practice today. Yep, back to practice, back to work, try to correct what we screwed yeah. up and move on to Arizona. Chase Kyler Murray around U.S. Bank Stadium on yeah, Saturday, huh? Another mobile quarterback. Yeah, that's right. All. all right, man. Thanks for your time. All we right. appreciate it. No problem. See you.
Our thanks again to Adam Zimmer for joining us. Coaches are busy this time of year and week, and uh, he carved out some time for us, so that's pretty cool. Let's uh, recap game two, Chris, of the preseason. The Vikings were at home. They looked good in defeating the Seattle Seahawks, and, uh, and now they're getting ready for the Arizona Cardinals. But let's talk about a few things that sort of stood out to us in that game. First of all, awesome to be back in our building. Yeah, it was really cool just to see U.S. Bank Stadium all lit up. I yeah. love the the night games there are just something special. Yeah. If you're a fan, you got to get to a night game at U.S. Bank Stadium. For sure, and you won't be able to do that this time around because it's a noon kickoff on Saturday against Arizona. That is right. So our next night game at U.S. Bank Stadium would be, hmm, I think we have a Thursday nighter against Washington. So that would, and that's like week eight or nine. So that'll be the next primetime game at U.S. Bank Stadium for us. So um, take a look at that. And that's going to be a fun game now. I think Case will. I think Case is going to make their team. Kirk against his former team. Kirk against Adrian his former Peterson team. Adrian Peterson comes to U.S. Bank Stadium. Adrian I mean, on the Redskins coming gosh. here. Yeah, that's going to be a fun game. So uh, single game tickets are on sale right now. They Vikings. are. Look at that little spot. Yep, nice. You can go there. Nice. That's, uh, that's week eight. Um, co-producer Jay Nelson uh, tells me that's week eight, so he's on top of it per usual. So uh, <laughs> halfway through the season, get to U.S. Bank Stadium and catch a night game um, in our building because, yeah, it is, it is a pretty cool atmosphere no matter when it is, but especially at night. Anyway, um, preseason, so, week yeah, two. preseason week two. We played the Seahawks and we looked good. And I think we, I mean, as far as I know, we got out of there without any bad injuries. That was the biggest thing. Oh, that's that's always the biggest thing. You touched on that in our Vikings post-game report. Yeah. Check that out on this same place where you can catch this podcast, the Minnesota Vikings Podcast Network. Yep. Um, what is your biggest takeaway from the first-team offense and their their two drives that they had in this game? Yeah, I thought um, I thought we we would all be feeling really good about the first team. I think we all feel good about the first-team offense, but we'd be feeling really good if we went to had that penalty inside the 10-yard line, because I think we would have scored a touchdown. Yep. So we didn't get a touchdown out of them on that drive, and that, that was a little bit of a bummer. But I feel good about it. They reduced the penalty, even though that penalty killed that drive. We reduced the penalties um, as an entire team, but especially as, as an offense, so that was good. I thought we ran the ball pretty well. Like To me, Madison looks like right now, He's a three-down back in the NFL right now. You said, yeah, you, that I can go with that as well. And I like what Zimmer said in his post-game press conference. He said, even when it looks like the first couple of runs, he didn't really break break loose or anything like that. But but we stick with it. Yeah. And when you stick with it, then you see a 22-yard run from yep. Madison. You see Mike Boone catch the ball out of the backfield uh, with the second group. But yeah, that was good to see them stick with the run. Yep. Yeah, so uh, I, f- I feel pretty good about the first-team offense. The offensive line is uh, obviously blocking well in the running game, and we have not allowed a sack in two preseason games. Unbelievable. And the reason that's a big – well, two reasons that's a big deal. One, um, we all thought, hey, we got to be better on the offensive line so we can run the ball a lot better. Well, we're also pass-protecting a lot better, so that's good. And we, we gave up 40 sacks last year, which is too many. Um, so I love that. But secondly – we gave up no sacks last week against New Orleans, and that was a big deal because it was the first time in 10 years we didn't give up a sack in a preseason game. So it took us 10 years to do that, and then we did it two weeks in a row. So that tells me that we're on to something. Anytime you don't do something bad for 10 years, it's probably a pretty – I mean, I can think of some things no, I good. would like to – Yeah, We don't do something it, good say, for 10 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, yeah. Like, you don't give up something bad for 10 – like, could I cut out something out of my life that that, that – that is bad, yeah, like a sack be? for 10 years. <laughs> I mean, I'll stop eating. Uh, no, stop. Uh, let me think of something. 
I don't know. Maybe stop eating like candy or ice cream oh, for that ten years. That sounds terrible. I'd, I mean, I'd probably be in that. better shape. That would be good. All yeah, right, <laughs> no, I'm not giving up that. I'll, I'll pick something else. Um, um, but yeah, so I, that that to me, I, you know, I think our our offense looks good. So yeah. I'm I'm happy with it. And we haven't had Dalvin Cook. The one thing um, on that drive was the Alexander Madison screen pass. And while Kirk did miss that, and he talked about missing that pass in the post game, the amount of green grass that was like wide open if that ball's completed. Mm-hmm. I think that's a touchdown. Yeah. So to see that play set up by our offense, I, I really like that. Yeah, um, I agree, uh, although I want to close on it because if, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, it'd be Christmas all year long. All year long. So uh, we got to close on it. But um, I agree. And I'd also say let's remember that we're doing this without Dalvin, and there were a couple of runs where um, I'm like, if that was Dalvin – Instead of that being a four-yard run, I think that's a 10-yard run. Absolutely. Yeah, so that stood out to me. And then um, Thielen got deep twice. So we were explosive on offense, too. One, he closed on and caught a pass. The second one, uh, he was interfered with and would have caught it for a touchdown had he not been interfered with. So Seems like that's the only way to stop Adam Thielen yeah. is to tackle him while yeah. the ball's going to so be in his hands. That stood out to me. <laughs> now, um, you know, position battles um, stemming from the first two preseason games – I think it's pretty remarkable that I would legitimately say RB3 is still up for grabs. There, there's contention there, and I think wide receiver 4-5, and if we have a 6th, sixth, 6th sixth is legitimately up for grabs. And I think that's remarkable because we've been practicing since the middle of April, and here we are in the late part of August saying we don't know for sure yet, and that's a sign that the competition's been good. RB3 is a big one to watch, and the man who's really stepping up there has been Mike Boone. You saw him in both preseason games have multiple explosive plays. Amir Abdullah wasn't able to play in the preseason number two, so that might have hurt him a little bit. So I think Abdullah and Boone are the two running backs to watch for that RB3, obviously behind Alexander Madison and Dalvin Cook at number one. I think it's, I mean, with how productive Boone has been in the first two preseason games and he can play on teams and he's been healthy, I think you'd be hard-pressed, you know, to not keep him, but we'll see what happens. We kept, like, five running backs last year. Yeah, we found a way to, but I don't know if you can get him on the practice squad this time. We'll see. Um, Wide receivers, four, five, and six, also wide open. B.C. Johnson obviously has looked good and now got involved in the return game in preseason week two, so I think that tells you that he's maybe taking a step forward. Uh, Brandon Zilstra looked good, had a touchdown, and he can also help on special teams. So I think those are two guys to look at. And that's notable because six weeks ago, I would have said, you know, Jordan Taylor probably has a leg up on everyone. He knows the offensive system. He's a veteran. He's a free agent signing. And I'm not saying he's out. I'm just saying there's been some ebb and flow in this position group. Jeff Bidette has also been involved in the return game, so he's someone to watch. Um, and so I think that that's going to be wide open coming down the stretch. Cornerback four is going to be open coming down the stretch. Um, so lots of good position battles still to watch in, in preseason week number three against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Harrison Smith looked pretty good in, in uh, U.S. Bank Stadium against Seattle. Yeah, he made one play where it was like, wow, that's Harrison Smith. He's still pretty good. He talking closed, about the pass breakup? Yes, he closed in on a pass breakup yeah. on a wide receiver, and most – Safeties wouldn't even be in that spot where he was. Mm-hmm. Um, you can give his instincts and his ability to just get to the right place on the field a shout-out right there because that's what he did on that play. Yep. He also had a TFL in the run game, 
um, later on in the in the first half that looked pretty good. So Harrison, TFL, I don't hear that abbreviation very often. Yeah, tackle for loss. Yeah, Harry does that, man. He can get back there, and I think I think a lot it's of TFLs he, for for Harry. Smith. I think he knows what's going to happen before it happens. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I yeah. mean, I think he's, and it's not that he has a premonition. He he knows it based on film study. So um, to to sort of put a bow on the the game two recap, Chris, give me a player or two or three who you think because of their performance in that game against Seattle helped their chances of making the roster. Well, we touched on Mike Boone already, so that that one's an obvious one I for agree. me. Um, and I really think, ugh, this is this is tough because there were a lot of young players who made made big plays and stuff like that. But you said Brandon Zilstra, and I want to talk about him a little more. Um, he was on the team for most of the season last year as an active player, and we saw him not just the touchdown pass, but he was uh, getting open cro- just on crosses, cross routes all around the field. Um, I think he had like four catches on the drive where he finished off with a touchdown. I think he's a player who can really benefit the team this year. Um, and he's a fringe play- player, as we said, in that wide receiver four, wide, re- wide receiver five battle. I think Brandon Zilstra, the local product, is the player that really helped his case okay. in this game. I'm going to go with Duke Thomas. Played a lot in the game. Ripped the ball out. Forced right? a fumble. Yep. I think he might have celebrated a little bit too early on that play. Yeah, because the ball was like bouncing around right behind him. So I like to see him uh, with the daily double, the force, and also the recovery. But we got a hole in in that spot because yep. Mike Hughes, I believe, will not be able to play in week one. That's uh, Zim hasn't said that yet, but that's what I would venture to guess based on the fact that he hasn't practiced yet. And we know Holton Hill is suspended for the first eight games, which really stinks because Holton Hill is having a monster training camp. Yeah, he's really looked good as well. He shows athleticism every time he steps on the field. All right, uh, let's bring in our next guest. I love it. It's uh, someone else who can opine on all of these topics and many more. Um, it's Lindsey Young, who uh, obviously writes for Vikings.com, also helps Craig Peters put together uh, the yearbook and all of our other publications, game day publications, had a big um, hand in the Vikings Museum, for those who have gone and checked that out. Uh, she had a big influence on that, so we're going to bring her in and see if we can get her to share any of her expertise. What's up, L.Y.? Hello. I'm pumped to join you guys. Yeah, we're pumped to have you. Um, you sat in here and were able to listen to us bumbling idiots talk about <laughs> preseason game number two. So before we move on to what we want to talk bumbling to you about. idiot. We, oh, I'm the only one? <laughs> no, I just, I don't know. Are you talking about yourself or me? But well, I mean, I was nodding <laughs> in agreement back here, so I don't know what that says about me. If Well, uh, okay. We well, are bumbling idiots. I, yeah, we are. I want to give you anything that you you want to add or or um, or edit from what we said based on what you know our thoughts on preseason game two? Um, I don't know that I would add anything. I definitely like I I agree. I was I've been impressed with Brandon Zilstra and kind of what he's been able to do um, now that it seems like he's returning to full health. Um, I think that's a, a big thing. And I know um, Coach Kubiak commented on him recently on, and on him getting healthy and then being able to see a better um, kind of sample size from him. Um, I agree that, that Mike Boone looked good. And in Coach Zimmer's press conference after watching the film, he said that he was really impressed with Mike Boone's performance on special teams as well. He mm-hmm. did mention his role on offense, but he said that he kind of caught his eye on special teams. And we know how Coach Zimmer always stresses special teams' roles yep. for these guys who are kind of vying for a roster spot so I think that's huge Adam Zimmer did too we had him earlier on the podcast and he talked about the importance of you know because we were sort of asking him about like 
back end of his position group guys who he wants to make the team. And obviously sure. he didn't give us names, but I'm thinking like Richard Clayette, Kentrell Brothers, guys like that who we hope are not going to play on defense because we want Byron Kendricks to play. So then you also have to be able to help on special teams. So Adam Zimmer was talking about that as well, You know the importance of being able to show that you can perform on special teams. And that stands for Mike Boone because in a perfect world, he's not going to have a lot of carries. Right, absolutely. Dalvin's going to have them all, and Alexander Madison's going to have any of the rest that Dalvin doesn't handle. So, um, And Zilstra is a guy who can help on special teams as well. We're going to need him too. And he's a, he's a bigger, more physical guy who I think can cover kicks, not just be – I don't think he'd really be a returner because that's how you associate receivers. Oh, right. they can help on special teams as returners. And then not right. Zilstra. I think he can cover. Yeah, I so, can see that too. I mean, yeah. I feel like it's interesting to see like kind of going from that that fan mode um, watching preseason games to then watching it from an eye of like these are guys that are fighting for a roster spot and mm-hmm. kind of who stands out where I think the fans kind of see the preseason as more boring per se, but there's so much to, yep. to keep an eye on. Yeah. Um, also, Adam Zimmer was, um, is going to be a subject of Purple Pups. He is. Right? And you and I were there together with him, actually. You Mm -hmm. graciously let me do my interview with him, so I got out of the way, and you guys did Purple Pups with him. So give folks a a little bit of a teaser on what that's going to be like, and not not just Adam's episode, Mm -hmm. but the the feature in general. Yeah, it's a a series that we're really excited about. Purple Pups this year is going to be a new content series, and there's been several of us collaborating on it. So it's going to be uh, a written series, but then it's also going to be a video series. You can watch for that on Vikings Connected. um, And and there will be social pieces to it as well, as well as a photo gallery. Um, so it's essentially highlighting uh, players. And there's a couple coaches as well. You mentioned Adam Zimmer. Uh, head coach Zimmer is also one of the subjects as well. Um, so it's really just highlighting kind of who these guys are off the field. Um, and a really easy way to showcase that side of their personality is mm-hmm. with their pets. Mm-hmm. People love their pets. They like to talk about them, brag about them, show them off. Uh, so it's been, it's been a really fun series. There's guys like Harrison Smith. Um, Eric Kendricks, I think everybody's familiar with Basil from Eric Kendricks. (laughs) (laughs) Instagram. Instagram. Uh, So I think it's going to be fun. There's a lot of variety and some good stories. I'm obsessed with my dog. Can you interview me? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but between Chris Corso and Sam Newton, like there's some good staffers. A lot of our dogs are friends too, so they we got some uh, Vikings behind the scenes staffers that uh, can get involved. Uh, if, you, if, you, if you got to do I just Corso watched Drew, and, and I just dog. watched Drew Petzing's dog, our wide receivers coach, this weekend. <laughs> kept me up last night, so I just want to. I should get in uh, on this. Uh, that's in season two. That's season two of Purple. Season two, yeah. yeah. I'll be in the bloopers or something. Yeah. I, hate right, say, I hate to say it, but that might be like season three. Yeah. Right. Yeah. When we Season really three. run out of. Although, if it's if it's Corso dog sitting for other people's dogs, I've now been, okay. I'm a little more interested. There's Maybe a few a that I've series. watched on the coaching staff to so Drew Petson could be ready for yeah. the game. These are my uh, contributions to the Vikings right. preseason. <laughs> yeah, huh? That's why you're going to get a he Super was Bowl ta- ring. His, <laughs> his wife was out of town, who yeah. we're very close friends with. He was in town, yeah. and I'm watching his dog, so I don't know what's right. going on there. I, I gave him crap hey, about that. The more you can do. The more you can do, man. Special uh, teams. Yeah, exactly. He gave right. my girlfriend a gift card. Yeah. It's all good. All right. um, <laughs> let's go high level. Let's not get in the weeds on this. Mm-hmm. Just if someone came up to you and was like, Lindsay, you've seen every practice since April whatever, 14th. What stands out to you? 
I think the the first thing that comes to mind, honestly, is just the the new offense for this year um, and what it's going to look like under the new coaching staff with mm -hmm. um, offensive coordinator Kevin Stefanski and then adding that Gary Kubiak kind of influence to that as well. Um, I think we've just seen how multiple it's going to be, different formations, mm -hmm. um, a little bit better marriage between the run and the pass game, play action. So that's been one of the big things I think that stood out to me, um, first thing to come to mind. Um, and then just kind of watching to see which of the young guys stand out. And I know we just kind of talked about that with, with preseason. Um, I know that Coach Zimmer has mentioned wanting to see a few of the young receivers and the young DBs kind of like take a step forward or like separate themselves from the group. So I think it's fair to say we're still watching that. Mm -hmm. um, but those are kind of the things that come to mind for me. Um, does it bother you? Are you worried that Linval, Shamar, and Delvin haven't practiced or haven't played? Delvin's been practicing, but is not playing in preseason games as of yet. Linval and Shamar haven't played in games. Shamar is sort of back to practicing now, but Linval is not yet. Any of that concerning you for week one? Not really. Good. Um, yeah, I don't think so. I mean, like you said, Delvin is practicing, and Shamar and Linval, they're, even if they're not fully participating in those team drills. I mean, they're out there, they're and they've been in the defense for so long mm -hmm. that the, it doesn't really concern me. I'd rather know that they're, you know, ready to go and in full force when they do get in there. Okay, good. Let's talk about some of the um, work that you're doing for the website. Obviously, you put together a lot of the articles daily, but I want to talk about some of the long-form stuff that you've done. Um, Letters to Bud is one that comes to my mind. Obviously, we've talked about it before, but um, that was such an awesome thing that you did. You went and found something that ha a story that hadn't been told yet. So can you kind of go through and explain to the fans um, how that came about? Yeah, definitely. I guess the short answer is that it, it, everybody knows that uh, Bud Grant does kind of his annual garage sale, and there was a, a woman who had come there who had written Bud a letter as a child and received a letter back from him. And we were like, oh, that's that's kind of cool. And so I basically just went into his office to ask him a question about that. Um, and he sort of mentioned, well, I've got all kinds of letters, and I still have a lot of them. Do you want to see them? I'm like, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so he just kind of pulls out this drawer, and, you know, it, there's no organization or anything, and I just kind of start sifting through and you know, I pull out a letter and I'm like, this letter's from Richard Nixon. And like, this letter's from Archie Manning, you know, and, and these big names that are standing out and he's sort of like, uh, you know, unbothered by that. He's kind of like, oh yeah, I guess that's cool. Um, and so essentially I asked him if I could take the letters, look through them. And there were several that were kind of notable names, either from like around the league or former players or um, people like Richard Nixon or, or other, you know, political names. Awesome. Um, so yeah, it was it was awesome and kind of narrowed those down into the most interesting stories, tracked down a lot of those people who wrote letters and were able to sort of put stories with those. So it was really fun. Um, and I think it was really fun for the fans who participated as well to to really feel connected to the team that way. If you're a Vikings fan, go check that out on Vikings.com. It's one of the cooler long forms we've ever done. Um, what's a story that you're working on now that you would like to tell the fans about? Yeah, so I'm actually working on another long form-esque piece. Um, it's going to be a lot shorter than Letters to Bud. Um, but we have a story uh, coming out on Friday. Um, I think that's kind of the goal here about the seven players on the Vikings roster who um, are of Nigerian heritage oh, or, cool. or who, you know, um, have at least one parent who, who emigrated from Nigeria and several of them have both parents um, wow. emigrated. So that's been really interesting. Um, and there is talk 
in that story about football and about how how culture their culture and football have kind of intersected but a lot of it too is just about what their upbringings were like how they relate to to one another and how they sort of have a special bond because of that shared upbringing or heritage hmm. okay i'm gonna really put you cool. on, i'm gonna put you on the spot oh man okay who are the seven Name players? them all. Yeah. <laughs> okay, ready? Yep. Okay, so you got Ade Aruna. Yep. So he is the only one who actually spent a big portion of his life in Nigeria. He moved okay. here when he was 16. Um, you have the Odenabo brothers, oh, Afadi and two Tito. For one. So it's okay. a two for one. Got you got it. that. Um, B.C. Johnson, who the Vikings drafted this year, um, his really? dad is from Nigeria. Okay. Um, you've got uh, Oli Udo, also a draft pick. Yep. How many am I up to? Is that five? One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> yep. Okay. Uh, our new kicker slash punter, Corey Vedvik, um, oh. was born and raised in Norway, but his father is uh, fully Nigerian, emigrated from uh, Nigeria to it's Norway. A combo. Wow. Yeah. All right. One and more. Uh, Bene Benwickery. Ah, okay. I, 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 I was sweating a little that bit. That was pretty good. I, I definitely. And you pronounced them all correctly. Thank That's, you. I <laughs> definitely would not have known Bene. Uh, just because he's new, right? Right. And um, I forgot that Vedvik would have had that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty cool. So did did the PR crew help you with this? Are we sure we don't? We're not missing anybody. <laughs> that's why I ask. Like no, we got Okay. <laughs> that's a good question. Um, we definitely we did we combed through. Okay. Good. Um, and I think we've got everybody. We were able to get a group picture. Um, I'm gonna give a huge shout out though because you mentioned the PR staff to Carly Bonk. Like she okay. was a lifesaver on helping me out with this. Awesome. Um, Love it. Helping me pull guys in, getting the group photo. Um, Cam Ned did a yeah. great job with the photo. So that's gonna be. We'll have kind of an excerpt of that story in the playbook at the preseason three against the Cardinals. If you guys are going to that game, you can check out a little part of it, and then the full story will be on Vikings.com. Awesome. That's really cool. We, we have done some cool long features over the years. Eric Smith had a cool one, too, with all the quarterbacks who threw a touchdown to Moss. Yeah, I think everybody's cool done something that's yeah. been really interesting. I know Craig Peters did one on, on B-Rob when he retired, and okay. there's just been a good kind of variety. But those yeah. are fun to do, to really dive deep into something. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming down here and joining us. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Enjoy thanks preseason game number three. Let's keep everyone healthy, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm on board. Okay. All right. See ya. Okay, we have one more item of business to do before we have some fun, all right? Um, Let's preview um, as much as we should. It's a preseason game. Let's preview week three of the preseason against Arizona Cardinals. Another preseason game. Yay. To me, yeah, we're going to get into that in a little bit. (laughs) To me, uh, what stands out, aside from Larry Fitzgerald being on the Cardinals still and playing here, which is cool because he's from here, and we love people who are from here, is Kyler Murray. We're going to see Kyler Murray who looked good in the first game and was just okay in the second and uh, was the first overall pick in the draft this year and um, you know caused the Arizona Cardinals to move on from Josh Rosen, also their first-round pick from two years ago um, after one season. So, um, you know, and, and they have a new head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, who loved Kyler Murray, and they took Kyler Murray. So I'm excited to see Kyler Murray in person. I'm very excited to see him in person. I've never seen him play in person, so I'm excited to see that. He's the storyline of this team. Another guy to watch out for is a slot wide receiver um, from from my alma mater, UMass. Um, Christian Kirk? His name's Andy Isabella. Oh, Oh, yeah. They drafted him this year. Um, He worked out with Randy Moss in the offseason, which is pretty cool. So um, keep an eye out on him. Christian Kirk is another weapon they have out there as well. So a lot of young talent on this offensive side of the ball. 
Yeah, and I'm excited to watch it. And it's going to be a scheme that is um, an offensive scheme that is not you know run of the mill. They they do some weird things because they have Kyler. So and we have Pete Bursich breaking that down this week for Vikings game plan. So folks can check that out later on in the week as as Bursich breaks down Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury and some of the things the Cardinals might do on offense. So we're going to get a firsthand look at it on Saturday. My good um, friend Chase Rus- Russell from oh, Vikings yeah, PR, PR is guy there. there. Yeah. When we were out there for owners meetings. We actually got a chance to see him, which was cool. So yep. we'll see him this yeah. week. Um, so we're going to get a look at uh, Larry Fitzgerald and company here on Saturday. Saturday Reminder, that game kicks off at noon on Saturday at U.S. Bank Stadium. You can hear the game on the Vikings radio network. Paul Allen, Pete Bursich, Greg Coleman, and Ben Lieber will have the call. It's also a simulcast, so you can watch it on TV, Fox 9 locally here uh, in Minnesota and and the five-state area. Check it out on Fox 9, where that same crew will be uh, doing the television broadcast simultaneous to doing the radio broadcast. Okay, let's have a little fun here. All right, Let's do it. We're going to do fan voicemails, and we're going to do a little Super Bowl odds discussion. Which one do you want to do first? Let's do the voicemails first. Let's get the fans in there. Fan voicemails coming up. Now, the topic for this week was the preseason. Is four preseason games the right number of preseason games, and what do you think about preseason football in general? That was the topic that we teed up for you all last week. That number is 952-918-8438. We're going to have a topic for next week that will let you know what it is after we listen to these voicemails. But for now, let's hear what the fans have to say about preseason football. Hey, Wapping Chris, go Vikings is Viking fan Aaron from Green Bay. So, talking about preseason games, to me, you need four. I don't see how you get to less than four, especially given the fact that the training camps are shorter now. There's less live action. And so... I would think those preseason games would be even more precious to coaches. Obviously, wanting to avoid injury, but getting guys some reps at live speed. And the other thing that I think is even more um, important is the fact that we don't really have a developmental league for the NFL. And so without a developmental league, it's very hard to gauge how good a player is unless you put them out there and give them some live action. And one game is very difficult to truly gauge a guy's potential and a guy's ability. And so with these extra games, you know, you can put the starters in for a little while, but then you get a chance to look at guys in live situations. And maybe they practice great, but they don't play great. Or maybe they don't look as great in practice, but they really flash when you put them on the field. So I like the system the way it is. I think it's broken, and and uh, that's my two cents. So thank you, guys. Skull likes. All right. Um, now, Aaron in Green Bay I think has a good opinion. But it is not a popular opinion. I'm guessing that we got some more coming here that are going to disagree with Aaron. But I think he made some salient points about the value of four preseason games and looking good in practice, but do you look good in games? And I'm not saying that I endorse his opinion or share it. I'll let you know what my opinion is in a little bit. But I think he's got a good one that's well thought out. Yeah, it's the other side of the uh, of the of the coin. There. Mm-hmm. Um, look at the Rams, who Los Angeles Rams, who made the Super Bowl last year. They didn't play their starters on offense or defense all of last preseason, and I think they are doing the same thing this preseason, Mm -hmm. at least so far. So um, head coaches are starting to kind of go on the other side of playing their top players. Um, 
not that they don't want to play all the games and see some of the backups in all four games, but it's crazy to see some of the more successful teams not playing their top players in these games. Yep, uh, and I think you're right. You're going to see more and more of it, actually. And I did watch that Rams-Cowboys game, and the Rams played like none of their starters. Nobody. Yeah, right. All right, number two. Hello, Chris Apicelli calling again from Bemidji, Minnesota, relocated down to Denton, Texas. Thanks for including my rap poem last week. I shared it on social media and got like 29 likes. So I'm basically an influencer now. So you guys can send me free stuff, tickets, you know, I'll keep promoting for you. I kid, but thank you for the podcast and all the content. It is wonderful to be in Texas and to know about my Minnesota Vikings. I'm so excited for the regular season to start. I went on eBay. I got me a 100% cotton long sleeve Minnesota Vikings shirt. And listen, it's the dog days of summer down here in Texas, and I work outside for a living. But guess what? I'm wearing my new long sleeve because I love my Minnesota Vikings. Love it. I can drink all the Gator and water I need, too, so I'll be just fine. Try the purple Kool-Aid. But I wrote too. down some thoughts about the preseason. Here we go. Two games for preseason sounds very tempting, but evaluations then we would be exempting. It's so exciting to get to the real deal, but be patient to eat that regular season meal. This appetizer is healthy and very much needed. The tares from the wheat need to be weeded. A harvest we'll have when we hit 53. I hope during the anthem, none take a knee. My last point is crucial. I got a bad feeling. Without a preseason, there's no Adam Thielen. Skull Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I love it. Okay. Um, so my man Chris also has an opinion that Aaron has that four is good. Yeah, no I, one I, agrees with me. I thought we were going to get absolutely barraged with opinions about, you know, we need to shorten it. Four is too many. That's He's what I thought p- we were going to get. See, the thing is, Chris, from he, ha- he has patience. I do not have any patience. I just want to, like, get going here. And maybe that's a, it's my issue. Do you have uh, patience? You definitely have issues. <laughs> okay. Um, I have no patience. I just want to see regular season football. I know. No, I, I like four. I'm in on four. You're, so, yeah, yeah, I am. So, I, I mean. I guess I'm, I thought that I was going to get some support here, and I got nothing. So far. How about number three? This is Van in Fort Worth, Texas. <laughs> oh, yeah. The Minnesota Vikings, capital of the South. Huh? Here with my buddy an action movie star, and massive Vikings fan, Jason. Boy, it's Jason Statham. You no doubt know me from movies like The Transporter and the Fast and Furious movies, going to blows with that bloke, The Rock. I was also in the Italian job with that American bird, Charlie Theron in Morky Mork. Now, me mates Wobby and Chris have asked, what is the perfect amount of preseason games that aren't fancy? I'd expect nothing less from these cheeky experts in all things Minnesota Vikings. So I deliberated over a proper point down at the Thirsty Norseman pub. It was a close shave, but I'll have to go with having the same number of preseason games as there are Fast and Furious movies. So starting next year, we'll be having 33 preseason games all starring Vin Diesel and The Rock. <laughs> Cheers, mates, and a big scale Vikings from the transporter. <laughs> That's the best. He can't, not even Jason Statham supports my my. No. I got nobody. Yeah, Jason Jason <laughs> Statham wants thirty three because that's how many Fast and the Furious movies, movies there are. are. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, 33 is a little too many. They had six back in the day, by the way. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you that. They used to have six. That's a good point. That's a little too many. Okay, I'm surprised. Now now what's going to happen is people are going to call this number. All the people who want two or three or zero, they're going to be calling this voice. We're going to have tons of voicemails next week, but it's I not going to matter. So. We're not Please. playing them. That's not the topic for next week. I mean, I might play one just to like get a little no, bit. No, <laughs> no, it's not the topic for next week. The topic for next week's coming up in a minute. I really thought we were going to have a bunch of people who wanted two or three. I can't believe it. I, it's, it's probably just a personal patience so, problem it, issue that I have. So no, no, a lot of people are on your side of this, and something might change. It might be a deal where they add two regular season games and you play an eighteen game schedule and have just two preseason. Because I think you got to sort of keep it this, like we got four preseason and sixteen regular season, so that's twenty. So I, you might have to keep it at twenty. It's just how do you divide it? Is it eighteen and two? Is it seventeen and three? Are you going to keep it at 16 and 4? If you change it, Chris, to 3, or okay, let me just ask you this. What would be your number? 2. And then would you have 18 regular season games? Possibly, yes. Well, I mean, yes. Okay. That's the only solution to so the problem. So how do you change for, the schedule? I mean, then you just who, add Who are those games? Those two games? I that's see now I like that you're putting me on the spot because it yeah. makes me start to think about it right here on on the mic. And what I would do, honestly, is make it two and then do the 18-game schedule. More games mean things. I know it's not great for the starters who don't want to play more games, but um, those other two games could be against opponents that you don't normally play. And then you get teams in different states where you don't really normally see those teams. You get uh, more home games for for the fans that matter. Um, You could even add an extra playoff week where maybe there's an extra wild card team in there, and that adds a week to the season as well, so not all teams have to play more games yep. in the regular season. So that's another solution that I would actually favor over the other one. Um, so that would that is what I would do. I just want to see more games that matter. Yeah, I, I just I, and I don't know what's going to happen. I just think it's going to be a deal where they can't come up with anything, so it stays sixteen and four. Or they go to seventeen and three. To me, going to eighteen and two. You could do three and then add that extra playoff team, and then your your oh, problem solved there. And I you love make that. and you make more money because you're you're making money on games that that really matter, playoff games, and you have another fan base in the playoffs. So, I love adding another playoff team. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of that because it's going to be a good team. We would have made the playoffs last year. It's going to be a good team with the winning record. It's it's mostly going to be a team that's 10 and 6 or 9 and 7 that didn't make it as a wild card team. Yes, sometimes you get an 8 and 8 division winner, but so you're you not put, get, you put me on the spot. There's my solution. I, I like that a lot. Yeah. It's maybe they'll go to 18 and 2. I just see them doing something like 17 and 3 first. Honestly, 3 would be a, a step in the right direction. So It's just what are you going to do with that with a uh, with that 17th regular season game, is it going to be a, a non-conference opponent? Who gets to be at home? Who gets to be away? Is everyone going to play a neutral site game? You know, it's just something that they're going to have to figure out, and it's probably going to be part of the next collective bargaining agreement. Okay, the topic for next week. At the end of the 2019 season, blank will be the Vikings team MVP. So take your time. Watch this third preseason game if you have to. And then on Saturday or any day after that, leave us a voicemail and let us know who you think will be the Vikings team MVP in 2019. 952-918-8438. Call us and leave us a message.
One more quick thing before we go. A fun discussion. Super Bowl odds. What do you got? I went on to CBSSports.com, who has some official odds for the Super Bowl teams heading into the new season. I don't like where our Vikings are. Okay. I don't like it. Okay. Why? They are where are they? 25-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl this year. There are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 teams ahead of the Minnesota Vikings. So that Ooh. would put us at 13th in the NFL to win the Super Bowl, according to Vegas Odds and CBSSports.com. So I am going to test you out okay. right now. Okay. Give me the top five teams on this Ooh. list. Oh, you want, oh, so, okay. They're hidden. Best odds. You, best. Ha- you haven't seen these yet. <clears throat> no, I haven't. So you, who are the best odds? Who has the best odds to win the Super Bowl? You're asking me. The five best. Five. Ooh, okay. New England is obviously up there. That's number one. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to put the Saints in there. That's number three. Okay. Actually tied for number two. Okay. I'm going to put Chicago in there. They're number five, Oof. 14 to one. Rams. Rams are number are tied for number two with the Saints, ten to one. Kay. One more team. I think I know who it is. There's a group of teams that are tied here <clears throat> from four through four, five, six, seven. So there's four through seven are tied at fourteen to one. You already named the Chicago Bears. So there's three other teams you could pick from. Makes it a little easier for you. What do you mean? They're, but I don't know who the three are. You don't. Yeah, and they're all tied at what to one? 14? 14 to one. I, the Bears and three other teams are tied for 14 to I'm one. I'm going to go with a surprise prediction that I think you wouldn't think, but I think people are on them. Cleveland. Nope. Okay, what are they? They are 20 to one. They're a oh, few okay. teams down. So okay. we're going to go from the top here. Everyone's on Cleveland. So many Cleveland is them. higher than us at twenty to one, which Woo! which is okay. I mean, we don't comment on other teams around All here. Right. Um, uh, Chargers, the Chargers are in that group. Oh no, no, they're not. They're not. They're right below that group. They're sixteen to one. So yeah. there's still three more teams that are ahead of all the teams you've named Philly. thus far. Philly is fourteen to one. That's right. At, at number four. Okay. So we're gonna go from the top down. New England Patriots six to one. Kansas City Chiefs. Six to one. Oh, I missed them. You said the Chiefs. Oh, I did. No, I did not. Oh, you did not. No, I did not. I thought you said the Chiefs. I said the Saints. Wow. All right. Well, we got New England Patriots six to one. Kansas City Chiefs six to one. Los Angeles Rams ten to one. New Orleans Saints ten to one. Indianapolis Colts fourteen to one, which is crazy with an Andrew Luck injury okay. there. Um, Chicago Bears fourteen to one. Yeah. Philadelphia Eagles fourteen to one, Green Bay Packers fourteen to one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to repeat that: Green Bay Packers fourteen to one. Yeah, I can see that they got Rodgers, man. Los Angeles Chargers sixteen to one, Cleveland Browns twenty to one, Pittsburgh Steelers twenty to one, Dallas Cowboys twenty to one, Minnesota Vikings twenty five to one, and that's as far as we'll go on the list. That's so those 12 teams are ahead of the Vikings, according to this, this article on CBSSports.com. Interesting. All right. Where are the Carolina Panthers? The Panthers are 40-1. to 1. Ooh, Wow. Which they have a lot of talent on that team. 
Christian 40 McCaffrey, to one. Cam Newton, an uh, MVP just a few years ago. They were also in a Super Bowl a few years ago as yeah. well. Yeah, forty to one. Okay, interesting. Who do you think is in the last spot? Arizona. Arizona is the second to last. Three hundred to one. Three hundred to one. Oh, who's last? Arizona. New uh, head coach. Miami. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Five hundred to one for the Miami Dolphins. So yeah. interesting. Um, Five hundred to one. Yeah, the New York Jets and New York Giants, a hundred to one. Um, some other notables here uh, in the division: the Detroit Lions are a hundred to one as well. Um, the San Francisco 49ers, who are returning Jimmy Garoppolo, who mm-hmm. got hurt in the Vikings game at the yeah. beginning of last year, they are forty to one. Um, Atlanta Falcons in the NFC are forty to one, um, and the Denver Broncos are eighty to one, which is which is pretty pretty up there. So, yeah, that'll round out pretty much a lot of the notables. You can check out that article on CBSSports.com. But um, that was fun to do. That was fun to do. Um, <clears throat> you know what? And like when you can get big numbers on some of those teams, like the Lions at 101 or uh, Carolina at 40 to 1, I mean, it, they get into the playoffs and you're feeling really good. Or the Minnesota Vikings, 25 to 1. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you feel really good at a big number like that. I mean, 12 teams make the playoffs. And I'll tell you right now, it's not going to be the 12 listed. It's new every year. Every year we see new teams make the playoffs, and it's unbelievable the way that happens in the NFL. But I can tell you one thing for sure. Zimmer likes seeing the Vikings at 25 sure. to 1. Yeah, for sure he does. Um, okay, let's get to the term of the day where we had one of our guests today do it. And uh, Chrissy teed him up. It was double A-gap blitz. So here's Vikings linebackers coach Adam Zimmer on term of the day. Yeah, double A-gap is we, we align in two, three techniques with our defensive line. Um, and we've lined both linebackers up in the A-gaps, which are between the center and the guard. And they give the illusion of blitzing or dropping. And you never know what, what they're going to do on every, on every play based on the call and based on the situation. We could send one of them. We could send both. Drop them both into coverage, you know. Run some sort of pick game. We've mm-hmm. got we've got all sorts of little uh, caveats that we can uh, mess with. Now. When teams start to mock that, because yeah. your dad's been doing this for years, how do you guys change it up so the opposing team doesn't know what you guys are going to do on that play? Yeah, that, that's why we have to have so many different variables to what we do with it, and we study the only the the protection of the offensive line and seeing how they're. Take it. They're picking it up and yep. trying to make adjustments based on that as well. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. I mean, you do see other teams do it. I mean, it's not a thing that only two or three teams do anymore, right? Right, and that, and, that, and that's why you have to be a little bit more creative because teams are practicing blocking it more. So now they know how to pick pick things yeah. up, you know, and and so we we need to have the next step for it. And, yeah, and it might not be that look. It might be starting in that look and going to another one. Mm-hmm. So. You know, it's, it's a lot of a lot of chess yeah. pieces moving back and forth with that yeah. stuff. When guys like Cameron Smith come from USC, a big program in college, do they know anything about something like the double A gap blitz, or do you have to like completely teach them as linebackers what to do in that situation? Well, he did a little bit because they did a little bit at USC. The defensive coordinator at USC worked with uh, my dad in Dallas, so oh, yeah. he had a little background of our coverages, and and they ran some of the of the double A stuff, but you know the, the little details we and stuff we put in since they work together. You know we have to teach. All right, we got to get out of here. So let's go with this, Chris. Preseason hater, enjoy this one. I'm this enjoying is, this one. This is the dress rehearsal. This is the one okay. where we see the offense at least. 
play a decent amount of right. the first half. So let's go and let's watch this preseason game and figure out what our team looks like through one half of football and get excited for week one. Get your yard work done on Saturday morning or push it off until Sunday. Get all your chores done, but on Saturday at noon, turn your TV and radio on and check out this Vikings preseason game against the Cardinals. Kick off at noon central, okay? You're probably going to see another deep pass that Adam Thielen catches. Yes, and if he doesn't catch it, it will be because he was interfered with. That's, that is correct. Because that's the only way you can stop him. Yep. Can we get Diggs some action here, by the way? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously, he, he had a catch against the Saints, but it got called back because of a Rashad Hill holding penalty. He's just trying to stay healthy. Let's get Diggs some action, man. I mean, we got we got two good ones, and Adam's getting all the work in. Let's see if Kevin Stefanski can dial one up for number 14. Um, all right, that's going to do it for today's episode of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. Our thanks to Vikings linebackers coach Adam Zimmer for joining us. We also thank Lindsey Young, one of the staff writers and editors, for joining us on the Minnesota Vikings podcast, episode number five. Remember, Vikings and Cardinals preseason game number three on Saturday at noon central time catch the game on the vikings radio network and on fox 9 on the television locally you can also find ways to watch vikings preseason games on demand anytime you want and that includes all 22 video sideline and end zone view so if you want to dig deep into preseason football go to vikings.com and sign up for a way to do that go check it out all right on behalf of co-producers jay nelson and Chris Corso and co-host Chris Corso. This is Wabi signing off for now. Episode 5 of the Minnesota Vikings podcast is over. Skull Vikings. Vikings.